Remember back when the New York Times thought January 6th was an insurrection and a coup attempt and something very, very serious. Well, they've changed. They flipped. They now say that the people who helped lead in their own estimation, who helped lead January 6th, they now say are just sympathetic people trying to retire, live their lives, victims of conspiracy theories. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. If it was still live radio, like it used to be, I'd say happy Monday or something along those lines. Completely time shifted. I get it. It's crazy. You know, it's, this is sort of coming home for me. One of the first people to do internet radio, first internet radio network. I got to remind myself of all that. So to weight loss, SOTA weightloss.com, healthcare professionals from way back went from one location in Dallas, Texas to seven, now blossomed nationwide. You don't even need to go in. It's so to weightloss.com. Family member of mine started with them this week. I'll check with her, uh, we'll have dinner next week and check in and see the good report. A grandma in her 80s, and she's from my state of Idaho. Her name is uh, Pamela Hempel. I have to try to get together with her family. Um, she's going to prison. Well, that's how you turn the public and show them. And listen, this story with Dinesh and the coverage you got yesterday, people are very upset. They didn't know any of this. Yeah. They didn't have any idea how bad it was, Pam. Well, you, and now that they know it's going to, it's time to get loud. You know what happened, David? I went to a prayer group that were supporting January 6th, the ones that are locked up, you know? That's right. And I want to pray with them for those people. Um, so what happened, they started praying for me and, and then one thing after another happened, they started telling people and next thing I know I'm on these. So God did this. That's a woman getting ready to go, go to prison for 60 days. And she is as cheerful as the apostle Paul. And you know, she's a terrible danger. Absolutely, finally, this nation is safe that, that this woman in her 80s is going to get stuck in a jail cell for at least 60 days. She can't go out and commit acts of terror. But the New York Times has found a hero. Well, not necessarily a hero, just someone that they want to puff up. Someone that they, um, they want to do a fluff job on. And that's Ray Epps. And we'll talk about that because Ray Epps is at the center of January 6th. Ray Epps is a key actor. Ray Epps, if you watch the videos of Epps like I have, Epps directed things. To me, looks exactly like Ray Epps directed the taking down of the first barriers. I've watched a video that appears to show Ray Epps bashing cops with a huge sign. We've all seen the videos of Ray Epps demanding that people go in the Capitol I've seen videos of Epps. He appears to be communicating with a guy up in the tower who has a bullhorn. And somehow, Pamela Hempel is going to prison, but Ray Epps is free as a bird. And we've had the FBI say, oh, we can't answer any questions about Mr. Epps. And, oh, we can't answer questions if there were FBI agitators in the crowd. AOC had a fascinating bit of venting. That occurred over the weekend. There is a guy who's sort of a comic. I've never seen his stuff. I I, I guess he's a comic. I, I don't. I've never seen him perform. I I've only laughed at um, stand-up comedy twice. I find most of it very predictable. Well done. I mean, I guess it can be very good. So this guy Alex Bernstein uh, apparently he he went to D.C. He said some rude things about AOC's body. Please don't do that. And she, she, she wants him arrested. 
Now, this is the same AOC who is in favor of, of Supreme Court justices she dislikes being harassed for the rest of their lives. She's happy to see them harassed in restaurants. She's happy to see people break federal law by protesting outside of their houses. She's happy for you know blood in the streets and protests and burning down of American cities and killing of cops. All that stuff makes her happy until someone points out that, in his opinion, she has a large um, a large rump. And at that point now, it's time to call the cops. But in the midst of her emoting. With these insurrectionists. Like Antifa. And that there were actual officers working with this. And we never got to the bottom of that. And we never got any answers about that. And until this day, we're just supposed to pretend that that never happened. I have no idea what happened to the people on the inside who were very clearly sympathetic with what was going on and opening the doors wide open for that. And we're, I'm supposed to sit here and pretend like none of that ever happened. And then right afterwards, you have a massive, you know, you just have this idea that throwing money at that problem is gonna make it go away without any buildings. accountability. And so this is, this is where these things are breaking down. We're not safe. And it's not just about members of Congress not being safe. No, the Black food Lives staff Matter. workers aren't safe. The janitors aren't safe. Like, we need to get to the bottom of this. So yeah. that's all I got to say. What about Thank Antifa? you, Congresswoman. Let's get to the bottom of it. Antifa, please. <laughs> So now it's very serious. And she and I love the fact that she reminds herself, oh, that's right. I'm for the little people. I got to mention the staff I never talked to and ignore. Got to mention them. that They have to wear masks and we don't, but mention them. So AOC admits that the, the doors were let open. Well, we knew that. Those of us who've been paying attention to January 6th know that there was a time when a bunch of cops waved people in. There were another set of cops who waved people into a tunnel and then beat the garbage out of them and killed the woman, murdered her. We know that. I don't know if anyone has ascertained whether Ashley, um, Ashley Babbitt was let in or she was amongst the people who pushed her way in. Yeah, but, um, but Ray Epps. This is from the New York Times. It's just been hell. Life as the victim of a January 6th conspiracy theory, theory, theory. <laughs> it's a great big long fluff job. We'll get to it in a second here. Just a reminder that a grandma who walked through the Capitol rotunda in her 80s, will be going to prison. Let's contrast and compare. Later in the week, we're going to talk about the fact that the leftist portion of the party is deeply desirous of a race war. If they weren't, they wouldn't be trying to start one. And I'll remind people that most of us, 99.8% of us are not interested in a race war because 99.8% of us aren't racist and are not interested in a civil war. There are people who are inarticulate, perhaps uh, frustrated. Uh, the sort of mental illness that runs straight through Antifa, such as now it's what the second or third Antifa arrested for child pornography. Although this guy's actually been arrested and charged with child rape. He was a left-wing radio host, by the way, in Portland, Oregon, charged with child rape. How do they know? Well, he talked about it. And it's quite possible that he had the victim involved in a radio skit pretending to be raped when, in fact, she was actually being raped. So those are the sort of people Antifa recruits. And those are the sort of people who are convinced they're fighting literal Nazis. And every action yields an equal and opposite reaction. And you continue down the special treatment path, you're going to get yourself a race war. Here's the special treatment I'm talking about. Uh, Pamela Hempel is from Idaho, happens to be white. This woman, though, who is responsible for the murder of cops on a grand scale. 10, 20 cops more, if you think of the inspiration, the, the 100% increase in the murder of cops in the United States, uh, billions of dollars of damage mostly to small businesses in Seattle, the majority of which were Asian owned. 
This is one of the founders, of course, of Black Lives Matter Incorporated, and she now makes news in Hollywood. In recent news, a secluded mini compound in Topanga Canyon was sold for $1.4 million to none other than Patrice Can Coolers. Located 15 minutes from the commons of Calabasas and just a little further from Malibu, the modestly sized compound sits on about a quarter of an acre of land with two structures. Topanga Canyon is a rustic and somewhat private neighborhood, and Patrice's new home spans about 2,400 square feet. There's a separate one bed, one bath apartment with private entryway and living room with kitchenette attached to the main house, while the smaller structure on the property is a freestanding cabin, which looks ideal for an office space. In the main house, there are three beds and two baths, and interiors feature bamboo floors and a spacious open floor plan. There's a sprawling combined living room, dining area, and kitchen with vaulted ceilings. Oh, and it is lovely. It is absolutely lovely. And I wouldn't say Topanga Canyon is somewhat isolated. It is very isolated in terms of Los Angeles. I would also point out that the first thing Patrice did when she bought that of one of her many, many houses, she's a trained Marxist. And that's not, not, not a problem. Trained Marxists, no. Yeah, you get as much as you can. You're on top. That's the game. Well, the first thing she did was install a fence. Black Lives Matter Incorporated is against borders. Borders are racism. racism. Uh, then there's this. Pamela Hempel's going to prison for 60 days. There's people who've been in, in isolation for 560 some days, alone in their cells, denied cancer treatments, denied meetings with their families. Um, they don't get to look at the uh, evidence against them, which is illegal. But the January 6th committee is not a court. It's self-invented. And a useful judge said, sure, you can do whatever you want. After all, these guys, these guys came at us. They came into, they came into our house. So you, there's a, it's not a GoFundMe, but there is a place to donate to the Hempels because they're about to lose their home. This is the woman from uh, Idaho. There's a link in the show notes, a, a give and go link. Pamela Hempel's about to lose their property, their home, <laughs> but not, not Patrice Colliers. Patrice Colliers does in fact throw parties in the houses that she purchased but she says it's not from Black Lives Matter Incorporated donations. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. To pay for your home or the homes of your family members or any other funds that were donated to Black Lives Matter to essentially enrich yourself. No, I have never used Black Lives Matter donations to so pay for any of the phrased. properties that I own in the past or own right now. You know, the idea that... Listen, so careful. Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation received millions of dollars and then I hid those dollars in my bank account is absolutely false. Is there any truth to the reports that your family um, have, has been hired um, to work at the property that was purchased by Black Lives Matter? While my brother is the head of security and my mom and sister did work at the property, <laughs> there are also dozens of other people who work in the organization um, that are black folks and are doing amazing work. It's not like I literally, you know, opened up the bank accounts and was like, I'm bringing all my family and friends in. Folks had skill sets. It's been a really bizarre experience to know the truth and to have false and misinformation be spread about me, especially around my own personal resources. <laughs> Says a woman who called every cop in America a, a Nazi and murderer. <laughs> she, she, but she she finds it uncomfortable to have um, have false information spread about her. Oh, by the way, in hour two, Josh Hawley got um, whistleblower information from the Department of Homeland Security. Someone is sick of what is sick of what's going on in our government and the fact that they want to monitor Americans and censor us. And so they gave Josh Hawley documents that proved this, that Mayorkas was lying when he said to Rand Paul what he said and said to Josh Hawley, Senator Hawley, what he said. Good for Josh Hawley for standing up to the party. You know, McConnell doesn't want any of this. This is a, I heard my social issue. We don't pay attention to social, 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 social issues. Yeah, but Ray Epps. It's not like the New York Times didn't know 
Ray Epps. They did a documentary about January 6th and they painted Ray Epps as being the dude at the center. In fact, they, 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 they cast him as one of the pre-planners of the coup attempt. And how for some, storming the Capitol was part of the plan all along. In fact, tomorrow, I don't even like to say it because I'll be arrested. Well, let's not say it. We need, we need to go, I'll say it. All right. We need to go in to the Capitol. Let's go. And again, I apologize for the language. I can't take it out of the backgrounds uh, and, and get the last bit that Ray Epps says in there. Let's go into the Capitol. That was in the New York Times documentary. But they featured Epps a second time in the documentary. Although the rally is billed as a political protest, some make calls to storm the Capitol even before Trump speaks. We are going to the Capitol where our problems are. It's that direction. But he's not being prosecuted. He's not even having to testify. The Democrats don't want to talk about Ray Epps. The FBI doesn't want to talk about Ray Epps, but they want to put and are putting Pamela Hempel in prison. The news source that has done the most work on January 6th is Revolver.News. Darren Beatty with Revolver went on a beautiful Twitter write-up about this piece by the New York Times. And I will boil it down for me what this means. Ray Epps works for the federal government. How do I, why do I think that? Pattern recognition. Ray Epps is getting out ahead of some things. The New York Times is helping him. The New York Times are liars. They're propagandists for the party. They have no interest in news. Occasionally, they have a decent story that that breaks into their pages. They exist to destroy America. President Trump was correct when he called people like them the enemies of America, uh, of the people. I hated that phrase when the president began to use it because it was reminiscent of, of Russia. Well, it's a perfectly fitting glove. This is Darren Beatty going through some of this puff piece for the New York Times. They know Epps is the smoking gun, likely the beginning of a monumental damage control campaign. And here's what he says is the damage control in the piece or the beginning of it. Beatty writes, let's turn to the Times piece and skip straight to the buried lead. Here we see references to text messages Epps sent to his nephew describing how he orchestrated movements of people to the Capitol after Trump's speech. Mr. Epps also said he regretted sending a text message to his nephew well after the violence had erupted in which he discussed how he helped orchestrate the movements of people who were leaving Mr. Trump's speech near the White House by pointing them in the direction of the Capitol. He was just helping. He was just helping. Helping to to orchestrate movement. Beatty asked, will this text soon become a matter of public record? What exactly is his phrasing? Will other Ray Epps communications soon come out? that will further clarify his sudden need for aggressive damage control. Also, the entire New York Times piece contains no explicit denial by apps of association with military intelligence, DHS, or any cutouts of any inner or intermediaries of intelligence. We have references to lies and apps wish that the truth would come out in addition to denial of association with law enforcement. I wonder if the writer, Alan Fuhrer, Alan Fuhrer, hope I'm saying that the right way, could clarify the record. Did he ask Epps if he had any association with any intelligence agencies or cutouts of such agencies? If so, what did he say? If not, why not? Fuhrer's New York Times piece describes Epps as a Trump supporter. He says Trump, he says Trump traveled to Washington, D.C. to, oh, it says, yeah, Trump traveled to Washington, D.C. To, to, to back Mr. Trump. I, th- I think that means Epps. Epps traveled to Washington to back Mr. Trump, and he took a last-minute trip to Washington for Trump's speech about election fraud. The only problem is this. Ray Epps did not go to the speech. Mr. Epps said that he had acted stupidly at the time when he and one of his sons took a last-minute trip to Washington, D.C. for Trump's speech about election fraud, but he didn't go to the speech. Instead, he urged people to go into the Capitol. 
and, and that is that is not all. There's a link to all of this um, in the show notes. I encourage you to read every word, and I encourage you to share this with friends. Because as we'll talk about next hour, the party, the Department of Homeland Security, and Mitch McConnell loves the Department of Homeland Security. Mitch McConnell called January 6th an insurrection minutes after it happened or hours after it happened, and he, he spoke. He got him Nancy Pelosi's talking points. Liz Cheney is a dear, dear friend of Kevin McCarthy. They both pushed January 6th's coup attempt. McCarthy wanted Facebook to do more to shut people like us up or shut us down. We'll talk about that next hour. Back to Darren Beatty's commentary on this piece by the New York Times uh, as we continue. There are those of us who from the very beginning, from the very beginning said nothing, nothing, nothing seems to be what they're claiming about January 6th. And just as it was with COVID, we were called, well, you know what? Getting kind of used to it. Get a vanity plate. The Todd Herman Show store is open. The t-shirts are selling and uh, we are going to be in a weird position if we go through the first batch of these and run out very quickly. So they say in the front of them, there's two renderings. And so far it's 50-50 in terms of what people are purchasing. So one rendering has the lion, the lion of Judah on the front, standing alone with the phrase, the only need we take is to the Lord. In that case, the lion is bold, Stands out straight out front. The other is a more stylized version of the lion and has on it the cross of Christ. And that way we represent the lion of Judah and then, of course, the lamb of God in the form of the cross of Christ. In perfect humility. And it says, again, the only need we take is to the Lord. On the front of the shirt is nothing about the show. That has to be in the back of the shirt. That's what I said to my team. No way does my name go on the front of the show. The Lord is our banner. Uh, shirts are 29 bucks, and you can get them at the ToddHermanShow.com. You go to the top of the page, and you get yourself there to the store, purchase as many shirts as will fit on your back or your family. And it does two things. Obviously, like our partners, Soda Weight Loss and, and Bulwark and Allen's and Bonefrog, et cetera, like our partners, it helps me be able to produce the show. And in this case, it also is a conversation starter about the show, The only other time these have ever been sold was live in Bothell. And we sold about a thousand of them in about an hour. It's the ToddHermanShow.com. Just find the store link up top. Conspiracy theory. Bumper strip. Vanity plate. I wonder if they'd allow that. In Idaho, they probably would. Times knows exactly who Ray Epps is. They know exactly what's going on. We'll get back to Darren Beatty's commentary on this because it's very important. But at the same time as this came out, the New York Times deciding to uh, to fluff Ray Epps. Um, it turns out that the Secret Service. It, it, isn't it funny how the, the 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 government's always accidentally wiping devices? The Intercept has learned that the Secret Service deleted six text messages after <laughs> after the oversight officials requested them. And this is in a letter given to the January 6th committee says the erasure took place shortly after the oversight committee requested the agency's electronic communications. Again, I invite you, try this in the real world. Try it. Just, just, just you try it. Have you ever gotten a records retention demand? We used to get these occasionally at Microsoft. If you were involved in a negotiation, for instance, we were involved in a negotiation with NBC and we were involved, well, in other, just big negotiations. And you get a note that says you are under order to retain all emails with the following parties on the following topic. Any erasing, deleting of these emails will be cause for uh, disciplinary action up to and including dismissal and you might be sued. So it used to be treated very seriously, Uh, but not in the government. I mean, come on. Why? It's not like perjury is a crime. 
if you're with the government, well, wait till next hour. If we had, if we, if we worked this system of laws, the, the, the little creepy boss man of the DHS would be going to prison right next to Tony Fauci. So Secret Service deleted these. Oh, by the way, the Secret Service vehemently denies this. They say that uh, it was part of a device switch out. Yeah, they were they were switching they were switching getting their their agents new devices. And as you know, it's impossible to back up devices before you switch. That can't be done ever, except always. This is just infuriating to hear. But the Office of the Inspector General suggests key evidence in the form of the Secret Service electronic communications may never see the light of day. The Department of Homeland Security, the Secret Service's parent agency, and by the way, the agency that created the Ministry of the Truth, of Truth that we'll talk about next hour, is subject to oversight from the DHS Office of Inspector General, which had requested records of electronic communications from the Secret Service between January 5th and January 6th, 2021 before being informed that they had been erased. It's unclear from the weather or from the letter whether all of the messages were deleted or just some. Demar- Department officials have also pushed back on the oversight office records request by arguing the records must first undergo review by the DHS attorneys, which has delayed the process and left it unclear if the Secret Service's service records would ever be produced according to the letter. Just think of this. This is the Department of Homeland Security asking for emails from the Department of Homeland Security and the Department of Homeland Security saying, we'll have to check with the lawyer with the Department of Homeland Security. That's like you saying, I want to look at my hand. I'll call a lawyer to ask me if I can look at my own hand. About the matter, asked about the matter, a DHS office of inspector general spokesperson told The Intercept, to preserve the integrity of our work and protect our independence, we do not discuss our ongoing reviews or communications with Congress. Your independence? Your independence from what? You're a bureaucracy. How on earth do you believe you have independence? You're paper pushers. Oh, and buried in the peace? Just, just, just shows you how incestuous these people are buried in the peace is, is a name that observant listeners will remember. It's Jamie Raskin is mentioned in this piece. You remember Jamie Raskin, right? So Jamie Raskin is quoted in this piece. That's the same Jamie Raskin, I would add, who attempted to stop President Trump becoming president by objecting to the electors. That Jamie Raskin is mentioned in the piece. We played the audio of that last week. Do you remember this? Uh, I have an objection because 10 of the 29 electoral votes cast by Florida were cast by electors not lawfully certified because they violated Florida's prohibition against dual office holding. Uh, I have an objection. Yes, that. He's quoted in this piece, Jamie Raskin. Democrat, Maryland, member of the January 6th committee called um, Pence's uh, terse refusal to get in the car. Pence said, I'm not getting in the car. The six most chilling words of the entire thing so far. He's quoted in this. And, and part of the reason they wanted the Secret Service records was to talk about the fact that Pence said, I'm not getting in that car. If I get in that car, I'm not going to be able to go up and count the votes to certify the election. I'm not leaving. And they quote Raskin in a piece about insurrections. And they don't mention the fact that Jamie Raskin tried to stop <laughs> tried to stop the electors will from being done in the case of president Trump. Somehow that doesn't make it in the story. Phenomenal. So back to this from Darren Beatty talking about Ray Epps in the New York times, deciding to fluff him. Did, uh, did the writer Fira ask Epps where he got the idea to urge people to go into the Capitol in the first place? 
Did it occur to him out of the blue? Did someone else give him the idea? If so, who? The whole purpose of the J6 committee is to figure out what caused January 6th. Epps was, Epps was calling for people to go into the Capitol the evening before. <laughs> Wouldn't it be newsworthy to know where Epps got the idea and why he was so doggedly fixated on this particular mission? The fact that these questions weren't asked indicates that this is one of the sloppiest and most transparent cover-up jobs in New York Times history. A total Fuhrer job. <laughs> the Times, and this is, this is uh, again, Didi. The Times attempts to wave off Epps January 6th participation as negligible. <laughs> oh, wait till you hear this. Ah, it's negligible. <laughs> President Trump said, don't fight the police. Don't argue with the police. They're friends. Proceed peacefully. <laughs> We're going in the Capitol. Hitting cops with a sign. He was involved in that, according to a video I've watched. Much more. Oh, my goodness. Oh, dear Lord. <sighs> good thing there's still good people in the world. Good thing there's still good people. Um, Alan's Artisan Soaps has made some tremendous progress because of this audience, not because of us. I mean, it's their work. I don't want to take credit for it, but you guys have had a lot to do with this. They're now getting, uh, they're getting frontage in retail stores that wasn't happening before. Um, the sales are up, which is fantastic news. Next thing for me is to really begin to talk to other businesses about what this is all showing. Okay. So here's some ways that you can get started. Well, let me go from this. If you're all in on the mission of Allen's Artisan Soaps, but you haven't yet tried the soaps, let me do it this way. So you hear about this, go, oh, it's so cool. Company, the chief soap officers, this young kid, Allen, and he's got, he's way, way, way up on the autism scale. He's nonverbal, but he's super creative. He's got an incredible sense of smell. So he's involved in creating these insanely unique, very, 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 very um, respectful. Is that the right way to put it? Subtle sense of soaps. Three generations of soap making expertise behind him, made in America, small batch. You hear this, you go, that's so cool, but man, I've got my soap. Okay, listen, just try this. Here is the easiest possible way for you to try Allen Soap and then sign up for the subscription plan. Anytime you, you work on a product like this, something's going to get damaged. And they're called factory seconds. I don't know about you, but I grew up, there's very little in my home that wasn't factory seconds. In fact, I think I was 18 before I knew that frosted flakes didn't come in dented boxes. Just saying. And my mom was, look, she was frugal. God love her. So this happens to Allen soaps. Some of them get beat up around the edges. Some might be, you know, broken a little bit or scored across the imprint. Anyway, they can't sell them retail price. You can't. But you can get them at a very, very special price. There's nothing wrong with the soaps at all. It gives you an opportunity to try each unique scent. So they wrap them in a sisal pouch, same pouch as the Herminator sub, and sell them as factory seconds. There's a limited supply of the new scent, lilac applewood. This is now my wife and daughter's very favorite scent from Allen Soap. You get that, go to allensoaps.com slash Todd. That's the way to try the soaps. And next step for me is to start to talk to other companies about doing business with Allen's. Not just retail stores, but other companies, say catalogs, et cetera, because they could, John, the guy who runs this, Alan's dad, he could automate this whole thing and make a, a gajillion bucks. That's not the goal. Goal is to have a great company that respects life in all human form. It's alansoaps.com slash talk, T-O-D-D. Oh, and Alan's is A-L-A-N-S, alansoaps.com slash talk. So the, 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 the New York Times... <laughs> The New York Times says this guy's role in January 6th was negligible. Tomorrow, we need to go into the Capitol. Into the Capitol. What? No! No! Peacefully. Tomorrow, I don't even like to say it because I'll be arrested. Well, let's not say it. We need... We need I'll to say it. I'm a Fed. All right. We need to go in. Shut the fuck up, Boomer. To the Capitol. Face right. Fed posting? Yeah. <laughs> we need to go into the Capitol. I didn't see that coming. Okay. Monument Hill. Stop speaking. 
Here's perhaps. All right, no, Dave, but one more thing. Yeah, so can we go up there? No? When we go in. Are we going to get arrested when we go up there? Yeah. Hear that? need to get shot. arrest us all. Hear that? He was saying when we go in, we leave this here. We don't want to get shot. What? Weapons. Improvised weapons. Now, why would a guy so bent on going into the Capitol say, leave this here? Why would a guy who's militating, militating to go into the Capitol say, don't take any weapons? Because it's his buddies. He doesn't want his colleagues smacked upside the noggin. In fact, many of his buddies, the bad cops of the Capitol Hill cops, were sucking or were, were luring people into a tunnel to beat them and gas them. And in the case of one woman, to, to murder her. Boynton. The New York Times, Darren Beatty notices this in the piece. The Times attempts to wave off Epps' January 6th participation as negligible, similar to those who committed, uh, who committed minor offenses and weren't charged. There's an 80-some-year-old woman from Idaho who walked around in the rotunda going to prison for 60 days. The Times well, uh, Mr. Epps was a participant in some of the events that have fallen on January 6th. The claim that he inspired the Capitol riot is a f- in a false flag plot is solely based on the fact that he's never been arrested and therefore must be under the protection of the government. But scores, if not hundreds of people, who appear to have committed minor crimes that day were investigated by the FBI, but have not been charged or taken into custody. He is on video holding a massive sign with a bunch of other people ramming cops in the head with it. That's what the video appears to show. He is shown on video communicating with a guy who then goes and pulls down barriers. He's on video, appears to be communicating with the guy up in the tower directing crowd movements. Forward, forward, forward. Darren Beatty points this out, but uh, but Epps uh, isn't just open to trespassing charge. Not enough has been said about the significance of the following video. Note Epps, when, when we go in, leave this here. Epps says this is just minutes before the first breach of the initial breach of the Capitol grounds. How's this for a basis of a conspiracy charge? For some perspective, January 6th defendant George... Tanyos faces serious conspiracy charges for saying, no, no, not yet. It's still early when his alleged co-conspirators asked for bear spray. So he said, no, no, no bear spray. (laughs) It's too early. And Beatty goes on to show some of the conversations with Epps during the riot. It says here, Epps' participation in January 6th right was sufficiently egregious as to make him one of the early targets of the uh, uh, sedition hunters and earn him a spot of one of the FBI's top 20, 20 most wanted. And there it is. He has a screen grab of the FBI. Information sought. Just phenomenal that this is the New York Times thinking that we are all very, very stupid, except that's not what they're thinking. What they know is that they write and report for the base of the party. The base of the party are multi, multi millionaires, rich, absolute smuggles who must coddle themselves and suck at the teat of everything anybody ever says who goes outside the party view is atrocious and disinformation, as we'll talk about next hour. The Times knows its role. They know exactly what they're doing with Epps. They're signaling now to every other newsroom in the country that this is anytime there's discussion of Ray Epps, they're signaling to the rest of the country, this is what we do with Epps discussions. This is how you treat it. It's a conspiracy series, full stop, and you will watch. You listen to any, for instance, listen to Cairo Radio in, in, in Seattle. Listen to Dave Ross, 
or listen to what's that show? Um, oh, it comes on before Dory Monson. Um, gosh, I used to work there. Um, Ursula Roitine and um, oh, I guess slipping my mind. I can't remember. I can't. Oh, 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 G Scott, G Scott. When discussions like this come up, it gives smug rolls like that. And all due respect, I, I used to consider Ursula a good friend. All, or, or Dave Ross, who, I don't know, we were friendly, but it gives them the opportunity to say, uh, in a, a debunked story about a January 6th participant, New York Times, I, I guarantee, I guarantee this will be the response. And that's the signal of the New York Times. This is how we treat Ray Epps. Next hour, we'll get into the orchestrated, unbelievably un-American activity that's now proven. Josh Hawley has absolutely proven it by this DHS whistleblower. I've called the um, next hour the Orwelling. The Orwelling of America. And the Republicans who love it. Josh Hawley doesn't love it, neither does Rand Paul. I can't believe I've taken this long to do this song review. This music review, it hit me um, Saturday when I was working out. I can't believe I haven't reviewed this. Soda Weight Loss at sodaweightloss.com. Speaking of the gym, I mentioned this last week. I don't know why it took so long to tell people this. I think because my wife's in the program and has done very, very well on the sodaweightloss.com program at dropping unwanted fat and and so many of the podcast family signed up and, and married couples. I've gotten several notes from married couples who are doing this as a gift to one another, you know, to keep each other attractive and healthy and and around for each other, that people are doing this together. I can't believe I didn't talk about this aspect of it. One of the hardest things to do in, in fitness or in dropping unwanted fat is to drop a bunch of fat and not drop muscle. It's so, so difficult. You really have to know what you're doing. So do weight loss, guys, women, Folks who are weekend warriors are better than that. I know there's some pretty serious athletes who listen to this, even if, even if it's just golf. I know, I know, I know. It's very controversial when I say that. My friend Mark hit me up this weekend about, about golf. Um, look, taking the fat off your body will help your game. Just will help your swing, help the hip action, help you walk the, the, the course multiple times. I, I understand walking around is, is very difficult on the courses because you carry your own gear, et cetera. Soda Weight Loss, they're the weight loss partners for the Dallas Cowboys. I I will tell you this, professional football players do not want to lose muscle when they drop unwanted fat. And for those guys, it's Soda Weight Loss. So we've talked about people who need to drop the 150 pounds like I did and kept off, or my wife wants to take off unwanted fat from her body. We've talked about people who've got the annoying 20 pounds that just can't get off. What about a defensive lineman going from internal line, say nose guard, they want to move them over to more mobile position. Maybe they want to see someone from inside to go to an outside linebacker position, got to drop that weight. Hey, we need you to turn into a polling guard. We need you to take off 60 pounds of fat, but not muscle. Sotaweightloss.com. S-O-T-A weightloss.com stands for state of the art because they are. You ever hear a song and it strikes you completely differently when you hear it again? I, I, I have this bad habit of establishing playlists and then just using them all the time. And I become aware of it. I'm like, this is about the 70th time I've heard this song in a workout. So Saturday, no, it was um, Friday night before I went to the gym. I went through, I said, I need a new, I need a new playlist. And so I purposely went through my, um, my Apple phone, my spy phone and said, I got to find songs that I haven't listened to in the longest period of time. And this song came up and it's a song to which my daughter introduced me, but times have so changed since this song was huge. And I liked it at the time. Stylistically it's super unique. The cadence, this woman sings in the most interesting cadence. And it has an aspect, I guess, of hip hop to it, except it's really musical. Um, And atmospherically, I I don't know that I've heard a song sort of produced this way, or or I don't want to say engineered because it's not engineering. It's really the production. It's rhythmic, but it's poppy and it's, I guess, rapish, but melodic. And it's quirky. 
And the woman sings beautifully, I think. And then the message hit me differently. I mean, it's not a godly song, as far as I know. But the message hit me differently because of what's happening in the country. I'm reading about the Democrats becoming the party of the ultra, ultra rich. Well, we've been talking about that for a decade on the radio show. That, that's, that's, that's what they are. They've all, they, that, that happened like 10 years ago. That term began to occur, but man, it's cemented now. And Republicans are becoming the party of the working class, and that's becoming cemented. So the song is called Royals. I don't know anything about this woman. I don't vouch for her character. I assume that she is, um, uh, I, I, I assume that she's, I don't know, she's Hollywood. So maybe I should assume that she's, pardon me, some kind of pagan. <laughs> That's a real kind assumption. But the song struck me as so meaningful for our time that it was like hearing it afresh. I've never seen a diamond in the flesh. I cut my teeth on wedding rings in the movies And I'm not proud of my address In a torn up town, no postcode envy But every song's like gold teeth, grey goose dripping in the bathroom Bloodstains, ball gowns, trash in the hotel room, we don't care we're driving Cadillacs in our dreams But everybody's like crystal Maybach Diamonds on your timepiece Jet planes, islands, tigers on a gold leash We don't care We aren't caught up in your love affair And we'll never be royal It's a one in our blood That kind of love's just ain't for us We crave a different kind of buzz Let me be your ruler I get it. I'll be your queen bee. I heard that part too. I heard it too. But I'm thinking much more about a generation who, as she says, is raised on gray goose and diamonds. And she's talking about hip hop videos with the lions and the gold chain. And, and, and the, the video, as I recall, uh, does a great job of making fun of the horrendous sexualization uh, of women and, and the, really the glorification of harming people in pursuit of sexual perversion. And I'm not claiming it's a godly song, but what I'm claiming is that there is a whole generation of people who have lived through the greatest fraud in history that life is about obtaining. Um, it's, 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 it's bliss. That life that isn't the assertion of bliss is a failed life. And what the party has done, and Hollywood's so key to this, is they've taken moments that should be fleeting because they should be exclamation point moments in life. And they've done this through social media and film to say, this is the extended experience you should seek. You should seek extended bliss. You should seek always on happiness. You should seek always on satisfaction. And this isn't any more clear than in the areas of consumption, because man, have people been well-trained to be consumers, but also in the consumption of flesh. Now look, I see these posts all the time on Facebook. If a relationship is not meeting your needs, toss it. Be it a friendship or a love relationship, toss it. If you've reached a, a position of difficulty, well, back out. Drop them to the curb. Because if you don't have always on bliss, well, then you are not living your very, very best life. And yet all the lessons from the Lord Jesus' time here on earth is just the opposite. Not that we're to live in constant pain, but without exclamation moments in life, we don't really know what heaven is going to be like. Not that we can ascertain that here, but we can ascertain moments because diamonds and gray goose and Lamborghinis and lions on a gold chain, that's possession. That's, that's fleeting. But you think of the Lord Jesus when the apostles came back and did a good job creating disciples. 
Imagine being told by the Lord, well done. Really well done. Imagine that feeling. Well, that's what God promises. You're my good and faithful servant in whom I am well pleased. Not because you had constant bliss, but because you accepted the moments of suffering and you did not flee from me. You did not turn your back on me. You didn't do what the party begs us to do, which is to take difficult moments in society and to take those and use them for moments that should be moments, frustration, anger, and turn them into an always on hatred. You see, this is the opposite about what, or not really the opposite, but it's related to what Lord sings about there. And I guess I should know her attitude since she calls herself Lord. It's the always on hatred. People will say love and hatred are opposites, but they're not. They're twins. They're intense emotions. The opposite of both of them is indifference. In everything the party does, they stand opposed to God. Love thy neighbor as thyself. Love thy enemy. Love meaning what? It's defined in the Bible. They want always on hate, just as they want always on consumption. And guess what? Those two things are married at the hip. Always on consumption is married at the hip to hatred. Why? Because you can never have more than everybody. Because someone will always have more. And if that's the life you create for yourself, it's the life in which you'll live. Yeah, I heard the part about the queen bee too. <laughs> Just skip that part of the song. That's how it hit me at the gym. Next hour, we have proof DHS was lying about the Ministry of Truth. This is the Todd Herman Show. Please go be well, be strong, be kind, and remember, remember, the Lord created life for experiences because he said he's the Lord of the mountains, meaning the high times, and the valleys, meaning the low times. He's there with us in both places and in all places.